0: Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes and more. My name is Todd Regalinski.
1: And I am Kimberly Regalinski.
0: And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can learn more about us at KeepItLocalMaine.com and follow us on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes.
1: This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family-owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services and repairs. Fabian has been serving central and northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207- 793 two zero or visit fabianoil.com.
0: In this episode, we'll be talking with Will Drury from Maine Magic Mud. Will grew up on the island of Vinylhaven. After college, he returned home to pursue his dreams of small business ownership. He founded Maine Magic Mud after his experience with the effectiveness of an old local remedy. Running a business 12 miles off the coast comes with a unique set of challenges, but Will has continued to face them with the adaptability born of island life.
1: Welcome to the show, Will. We're so glad that you're here with us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: We are so glad that you're here today and excited to learn more about your business. Um, You came to this business in a really personal and unique way. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I was in school. I went to UNE down in Biddeford, Mm -hmm. um, directly out of uh, high school. I took a couple gap years, but I did go to UNE. was coming home on the weekends to go lobstering um and that was just sort of to make money to sort of pay for my time at school try to graduate with as little debt as possible and you know as the winter progressed i was coming home and it would be you know 20 degrees or less out on the boat you'd be in the gloves rockfish spikes in your hands and your hands would just get freezing cold wet and then you know 24 hours later or less i'd be in this like sort of stifling hot dry classroom and that transition sort of really wreaked havoc on on my skin and i you know it was getting to the point where like you know my my hands were peeling i it was it was embarrassing and and debilitating in some ways and i was trying absolutely everything I, i you know went to various stores got lots of different moisturizers was doing what I could and it was making it almost was exacerbating the problem like everything Mm -hmm. was sticking Mm -hmm. on my hands and then one weekend I was home and I was just I I, I remembered this old trick that we'd used growing up and it was you know we we would play around on an island off the island so just about as remote as possible and Mm -hmm. you know we were far enough away from sort of the medical center or anything else that if you got a bee sting or poison ivy or just, just sort of anything, what we would do is you'd glob on a bunch of the mud from the flat. You'd leave it for a while. You'd scrub it off, and it would like sort of pull out the the stinger, or or and it would sort of soothe the poison ivy. So. I was like, you know, I've tried everything else. I might as well try that and brought some back to school with me. And it sort of, you know, the exfoliating process where it actually took off the dead skin as opposed to just trying to keep it there the way that the moisturizers I've been using were. Mm -hmm. Really solved the problem. And from there, you know, I was trying to – I'd always wanted to own a business. I finished college, got back home. Sort of was thinking about the the resources I had available to me, which as a broke college kid was almost nothing. I was like, I could still get my hand on some mud. Uh, <laughs> remembered that experience, and sort of the rest is uh, is history, if you will.
1: So how did like how did you guys come up with this idea at a young age to put mud on it? Like what? How did that transpire?
2: It was a trick that my my aunt especially used a lot. But it was something that we we just always done. I don't. I don't. It's one of those things that you use it from such an early age, or you're doing it at such an early age that sort of the origin mm-hmm. becomes kind of vague. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of sort of some of the actually the marketing people that we work with sort of try to make it sort of an old homeopathic local remedy, and I've mm-hmm. I always feel a little bit uh, sketchy saying that because it's not that's not exactly true um mm-hmm. you know it, it's not something that you know people aren't walking around on vinyl haven with mud slobbed on them but um
0: <laughs> but that, uh, would, that would be really cool though. that would be extraordinarily
2: interesting it wouldn't really do a lot for the sort of uh stereotypical island i don't know um but but yeah so so there's a lot of people that have gone for that angle um mm-hmm. the angle of of it being sort of a, a local tradition but it's not really quite that it's just something my family always did and it's something that I think you know when you don't have access to a lot of different tools you use the mm-hmm. tools available and it mm-hmm. and it was one of those tools and then you know as we did more research and this I should this this is uh, maybe further along but as we did more research we realized how sort of scientifically valuable mm-hmm. the mud was as well I mean beyond mm-hmm. beyond just just anything you know it, it was objectively good for your skin
0: mm. mm-hmm now, what was your degree in from UNE? My degree is in English. Okay, because I, I was curious because I'm thinking, okay, has to be like a business degree, either that or, you know, he's like a wicked smart scientist who's got like, who had <laughs> test tubes around him his entire time. That is really cool. Yeah, I love it. I, uh,
2: yeah, so I did English. I, you know, I did a couple of the different sort of, uh, UNE offered some, um, it was called BizWiz at the time, sort of like an entrepreneurial contest. So I participated in that. Um, so it's it's always been something that I've interest, been interested in. Actually, I Actually, was just talking to my sister two nights ago. You know, sort of, and and we were kind of talking about life in general and, and going down that road. And it's like I, I like to think of wow, well, and without being dramatic or anything, like I like to think of myself as sort of somebody that likes to just sort of create things that can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that sort of was where this went. It, it, and, and I don't know if I'm shooting myself in the foot here, but it wasn't like I've grown up with like a passion for skincare. It was just something that mm-hmm. I thought that I could do that would be helpful. That would be interesting to do and would give me the freedom to do, to start my own business and and do stuff like that.
1: Mm. And it's cool. Cause you saw that need, you saw that there obviously was a need just experiencing that through your own personal, um, you know, trials with different products. So you, you saw a need and you created that need. So that's really cool.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So on your website, you refer to the big two. Um, and and instantly, of course, because I've done a, I've watched a lot of sports, I was like, wait a minute, the big two? Who's the big two? I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the big three. Uh, but so, so if you could tell our listeners, what are the big two and how do they make your product better?
2: So the big two are the mud and the kelp extract. And sort of from a business side, those are our sort of value added ingredients. They're what we have that are different than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mud is sort of the, the most straightforward and personal and has to go with that story. And, and into the scientific side of it, the, the mud has got, you know, it's got plenty of silica in it. It's got magnesium, which is proven to reduce acne and improve anything you've got wrong with your skin. Hmm. Um, and sodium, which actually weirdly, before I started this business, I had no idea was would be helpful. Is actually really good for your skin, like in a topical kind of a way. Mm. And so that's the mud and the mud and then we also sort of we lean in and, and sort of do a little bit of theorizing about sort of the, the benefits of this mud specifically, which are just this this eons of carbon based life forms in the Gulf of Maine on a resource that really hasn't been touched before. The way that like a farmer might leave a field fallow so that it can sort of redevelop the nitrogen you need, you know, as it applies to the nutrients that might exist in, in, in an, a sediment, you know, mm-hmm. the mud's been fallow for literally ever. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of, you know, it's just building all of this, all of this these beneficial minerals. And then the kelp is our liquid base, And that is, we worked, we actually got put in contact, there was an article in The Working Waterfront, and after that article came out, a bunch of people started reaching out, and somebody that reached out actually had used to work for um, Tom's of Maine. And he put me in contact with a guy that was working with Johns Hopkins, and and he wasn't working there now, but he was, he'd worked with them before, and he was working on various kelp extracts using the enzymes. Mm. and. We had a conversation, a dialogue with him, and we've slowly worked that kelp extract into our sort of liquid-based products that you don't want the grit of a mud in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the benefits of kelp are sort of are relatively endless, and they're, they're somewhat acknowledged, and there are other people that use kelp, but there's very few people that are using sort of a kelp enzyme extract. And mm-hmm. in fact, the only other people that we actually are relatively confident are using something like that are... are I'm not sure if I should name drop or not, but I just know that this is one of their main ingredients, and they're like the most expensive skincare product out there. Hmm. Um, and their biggest ingredient is a kelp extract. Um, hmm. uh, huh. and we sort of are doing it, and we're not charging four hundred dollars for for a two ounce bottle.
0: So well, that's always helpful.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> and those are the two. I mean, and I can rattle off if you want. You know the, the, the sort of list of benefits of kelp. I could I could go into some of those, um, but those are the sort of, those are the big two: the kelp and the mud.
1: And you now you guys have some also some new products coming out this year as well. Can you tell us about those?
2: Absolutely. We had so in March we had a our revitalizing skin cream come out, which mm-hmm. is sort of our most focused and potent, if you will, cream so far. We have a, another moisturizer, but it's just sort of your basic moisturizer. This cream is a little bit more heavy on the vitamin E's, sort of trying to to be anti-aging and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out in March. And we've also got a new facial serum that's going to hopefully drop in May. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be our most scientific product so far. Apart from a new version of the kelp extract, which is going to really sort of try and intensify the enzymes we're actually going to have to give a little blurb with this serum about how you use it and sort of the process of, of getting it involved into your routine But it's going to have a bunch of vitamins dmae and a c b3 b5 and e are mm-hmm. the vitamins that we're hoping to to get into it if we can figure out how to make that all sort of work to have together cohesively
1: mm-hmm. oh that's exciting
0: is really, I mean, I, the funny thing is, like, I understand very little of the science of this, but it is really cool.
1: It is cool, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: like, that just sounds really cool. And it's, I mean, it's great that, you know, to be developing new products and to be improving products as well as you're, as you're kind of getting deeper into this process as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been such an, to be honest with you, when we started, the, the, the science that went into this stuff it was something that was relatively foreign to me and wasn't something maybe naively wasn't something that I was entirely you know it wasn't something I was expecting I had no idea it was as involved as it is mm-hmm. but as you get into it it really is even if you don't have a passion for it it really is quite interesting to look at the different minerals ingredients and the mm-hmm. properties that they have and the ways that they interact with each other and then interact with with your skin and try to figure out the real ideal combination so that mm-hmm. you can you know, have an effective product that hopefully sort of serves everybody's needs, but also is is environmentally friendly, environmentally sustainable.
1: That's great.
0: Yeah, yeah and I would imagine kelp is a pretty sustainable ingredient to work with. I mean, it, it has. I mean, I would think that that grows pretty rapidly, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. I mean, it does, and I mean, you know, and it's everywhere. We mm-hmm. sort of get ours, you know, from people that are growing it professionally, but um, but yeah, it grows relatively quickly and the process of, of diluting it is i think that that i've i've had this fear because we are sort of going for the for the natural side of things i've always had i've had this like standing fear that the extract element sort of would would turn people off because it, it i think that it sort of denotes a little bit of processing yeah um but the processing is really you know, we have we haven't gotten into it specifically. I don't know. Maybe it's just hyper paranoia of like it being used if it's really great. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it really isn't. You know, it's not like we're dumping piles and piles of chemicals in. Essentially, what you're doing is just just intensifying what's already there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i I think that's I think it's actually a good thing that you you're thinking about that. That's yeah. been a thought in your mind. I mean, it just shows how much care you're putting into Absolutely. this and how much thought you're putting into it. That yeah. I think that's a it's really it's good to hear someone who, who is that thoughtful about the product they're doing and, and how that affects how they're framing it and, and, and who might be interested in, in using it.
2: Mm-hmm. And, that, and the other side of that too is the sort of being as open as possible because I think that, I mean, just objectively in big picture, one of the reasons there's so much miscommunication that goes on is that people aren't open enough, which is why I've sort of leaned into the, as I describe my business, as I describe the things that go into it, I try to be a little bit. I mean, without being without without overdoing it, try to be a little bit meta by acknowledging those kind of things. Even even in my product blurbs on the site, that's that's right out front. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I acknowledge the fact that 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 word that the extract might be be something that people are like, "Ooh, what's what's that?" Or or mm-hmm. you know, that we have sort of stabilizing agents in some of our products, like the exfoliant and the moisturizer. That I think sort of some people. Some companies that sort of go for that high organic, and not to like, not to, not to degrade anybody, but that go for those sort of organic labels. They all have these, these ingredients um, that they've found a workaround to, to either not include or to call something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need a stabilizer or it, your product separates. Mm-hmm. And then you just can't, then you don't have a way to, to use it. So we try to acknowledge that and be like, okay, well, the weird name that you're seeing on that ingredients list is this this and this.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think people are relatively understanding just as long as you're you're kind of upfront about that and then and also explain it to, in a way that, you know, someone like me who's like, oh, "I do not understand this <laughs> these ingredients that you be speaking of in <laughs> chemistry and things like that." I think that's again, I think that's a really that's a really thoughtful thing and shows a lot of, you know, thought and care for your for your your customers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: And I mean, again, in Maine, you you have in some ways, it's it's such a symbiotic relationship. Not only do I actively care about my customers because customers—I mean, any business cares about the customers because they're how you make money. But in Maine, I mean, it, it everything is so is, is so small. In some ways, I would say, and this probably goes this goes true for lots of businesses from all the research that I've done. But this this ninety something percent of my business is returning customers. So, and, and I know. I wouldn't say half of them, but something like that. I will, even if I don't know their name, if I wouldn't recognize them on the street. I see that so and so has placed an order, and I and I sort of know what it is, and I sometimes write a thank you letter. Mm-hmm. The the customer is is so important when you've got a small business that it it becomes a, a personal relationship in some ways.
0: Yeah. That's great. No, totally. I I I think that's the same for us. I'm for sure. I I might again. I I'm here in the engine room uh, <laughs> shoveling coal. And I don't I don't get out like Kim does to to go and see our a lot of our clients. But I I I feel like I know their preferences and and what they're looking for when I come to design their ad and, and work with them. You know, even though I pro- I might not recognize them if I pass them on the street if they don't have a photo in their ad. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, Will. So you you've made giving back to the main community a central goal of your business. Can you tell us how you do that?
2: Absolutely. So we have partnered with over the, over time a couple different organizations and partner may be strong. Essentially, what we do because we're we are sort of removed. But what we do is reach out and we go, "What are your needs? What could we do to help? Is there a way that you could use the stuff that we're already creating for your for your needs?" And then the the one that we've been working with most recently is Preble Street in Portland, which is a, um, was a is a resource center. I think it's primarily for um, teens, but they sort of provide a space for people to go, and we have worked with them. And we give them product when we can, if that's what they're interested in. Mm. Largely speaking, though, what we do is we just take a percentage of sales, put it into a, a little bit of a kitty. And when that gets to a certain amount of money, we buy whatever it is that they're looking for at whatever moment, which, which can be stuff like razors, toothbrushes, all of that good stuff. We've, and we've had a couple. It was funny, actually, because we were trying to go a little bit overboard I think a, a year ago and we sent we, we used blankets as a packaging material for like you know, a couple hundred razors and toothbrushes and everything else mm-hmm. and it turned out the blankets were the only thing that they can't take based on some sort of health and human services type thing you know no. I, I, they're just not allowed to take the blanket so that's been it's been a very interesting sort of relationship it's sort of it, it definitely lulled during COVID uh, we, we reached out relatively recently to try to sort of get that back on track mm-hmm. But it's been really great. And the 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 thing about that and the thing about just, just reaching out in general because we do stuff sort of locally as well when we can is more, to me, the whole thing, business and everything else is so holistic mm-hmm. that if you have extra, you should try to figure out a way to redistribute that in an as effective way as possible.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And that's just sort of what we try to do. And that's... That, that comes from a lifetime of people that I interact with, of a, like largely one of my, my grandmother, my parents. Sort of being able to, to notice when you're at that point has been something that I try to focus on. And is like, so when I started the business, we reached out to Preble well before we had the extra resources to donate. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted giving back to be part of the business from day one so mm-hmm. that Great. when we grew we would have the infrastructure and we wouldn't sort of get lost in the growth that I think can blind businesses from time to time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a good, that's a great idea and how you kind of set that up.
0: Yeah. And that can be, I mean, it's true. You can get in tunnel vision with business very easily.
2: I And you can get that tunnel vision. I don't, I don't even really, and I think that this is one of the things, one of the sort of miscommunications. I don't, I, would, I don't hold it against people that that happens to because I understand, I absolutely understand that, to accomplish anything, you need that kind of focus, that drive, which is why I think taking a step back and even if you can do it up front, thinking of it as a whole, thinking of your relationship with community as a whole it is so is so important before you get down into the trenches because the trenches are, yeah. are deep and you can only see one way.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, make sure you pull the stuff into the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Beforehand>. exactly. <laughs> so it's interesting that we, you're talking about, you know, setting all this up before you kind of even had the ability to, to follow through on it, which kind of leads me to the next question of, you know, how do you define success, whether, whether professionally or even personally?
2: So I would define success as, as, as having a life that is comfortable while participating in a meaningful way in the overall improvement of society and your local community. Mm. I mean, and that sounds, I think that that may sound cliche on some level, but I really think that at the end of the day, the reason cliches are cliches in some ways and sometimes is because they they, they have a kernel of truth. And I, and I really mm. do believe mm. that that, you know, even outside of starting a business, th- that would be what I would define success as for myself. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's better sure. than what I got.
2: No, it's great. <laughs> well, what's, your, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: wait, no, no, no. We, we already interviewed ourselves on our first episode. I'm, I'm trying to hold that off. It's, it's just much easier for me to be over here and, and No, chuckle. I love that.
1: It's true. And it, and it goes back to, I think, to just having purpose, you know, um, being able to get up each day and and know that, you know, you're doing something purposeful, right? and that you are kind of making a difference. And I think that that's huge. And that's, you know, you, you saw a need and you created something, you know, you created something that fulfills that need. So it's, it's really cool.
2: 100%. And honestly, that has been sort of, in the real nitty gritty, that has been sort of, the, that purpose, that pursuit of purpose is, is one of the most challenging things to try to, to make sure you've, you've got your eye on. Because at mm-hmm. times, I think, when you're, when you're doing a lot of the parts of a business and, and you end up being like, okay, I need to make an Instagram post today, sometimes there's a, a, a lethargy can set in because you're like, well, well why am I doing that? Well, am I doing that mm-hmm. because I want to make an Instagram post? N- not really. I'm trying to continue to get my my company and my brand out there. And, and if you don't have that big picture, mm-hmm. the purpose of that post becomes very sort of, meaningless isn't the right word that I'm looking for, but it's like it becomes redundant and, mm-hmm. and you can develop this sort of apathy mm-hmm. and if you don't have that whole view, mm. and it, sort of maintaining that perspective, um, looking at it through the lens of what you're trying to accomplish on a big picture is, is something that I try to keep an eye on and, and mm-hmm. sometimes lose sight of when I'm in the, in the, in the weeds writing my, uh, my expense reports.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So tell us, you know, as a business owner, you know, what it what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in the past year or the past couple of years as, you know, owning a business?
2: So this is, I always fear that this is going to make me sound, um, either naive, well, certainly naive, but potentially, um, arrogant in that it is way harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. In, and in that, I mean, and, I, and I'm, I, I'm just in the spirit of complete disclosure. When I started this business in when I graduated in 2017, it was like July that I really started working. Mm-hmm. And I, I was planning to be have this have have main magic mud, have a CEO and be able to, to work on my next project mm-hmm. by July of the next year. Mm-hmm. And, and that was my plan at the time because I you know I, I, I want to be a serial entrepreneur and whatever else. And that is just, looking back on it, so so naive based on what you need to do, the amount of attention you need to give to a business.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but that's the biggest lesson. that mm-hmm. if you're going to do something like a start a business, you, you've got to be ready to go in with two feet for a relatively indefinite amount of time. Right, for yeah. sure.
0: I love how that that also kind of feeds into what you had said earlier, and it reminds me just sometimes that as much as ignorance can can be a a, a negative thing, ignorance can also be you know kind of a saving grace yeah. when you when you start something out with blind <laughs> yes. optimism or or you're a little bit naive because sure. if you knew ahead of time the work <laughs> that was involved, you probably wouldn't have done it. But once you're like once you're in it, then you're like, all right, well. I've already done this amount of work and well, there's more work to do when you're just, you're much more likely to carry on, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can think of that in many ways in, in our business that we've hit that point where we're like, oh, I didn't know that was how that was going to work. Gonna work. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, okay. Well, can't quit now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we just keep on going, <laughs> you know? That is
2: absolutely such a unique and <laughs> powerful perspective when you think, I mean, really that's such a, that's so optimistic. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with that sort of <laughs> that that yoga stretch to the to that side of it. I mean, that really is that's really powerful. Um, well, th- don't, be right. imp- don't be
0: too don't be too impressed because the way I the way I also think about it is, you know, Wiley e. Coyote doesn't fall until he notices he has run <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> If he just keep if he just kept running, he'd be all right. It's when he looks down and goes, "Uh oh, ping!" and that's it. So it kind of might take the shine off of that zen like perspective. <laughs> that that's my illustration, you know. Yeah. Oh, shine's overrated. That's why we're. That's why I work with Mods. <laughs> you know what exactly? So another question that uh, we we really like to ask, because again, it's always different, uh, is who or what inspires you? So what inspires me? is, in terms of the giving back, is
2: the group, the family, the people I grew up with and around. My grandmother especially was extremely sort of self-aware at her, you know, sort of in academia, well aware of sort of the benefits that we had. And we, in in the island that we would play on, you know, we, she participated in and was a driving factor in placing a bunch of that into a um, conservation easement Hmm. so that it would stay as a, as a Mm. forever wild is sort of what we call it. Um, Mm. And, and just being aware of the things that you have and the things that you should contribute that, that really largely came from her Mm. as it applies to the, the entrepreneurial bent. I honestly, I don't know exactly trying to decide trying to decipher where that came from I don't I don't know. I, I think that on some level that's just something that's always been there for me. Mm-hmm. when I when I see something when I you know when I was little I didn't sort of daydream about being in the NBA. I daydreamed about this I, I literally can name it. I called it I called this is when I was like seven. I called it the atom changer and it was something that you could like, use to sort of manipulate change different objects into other objects like (laughs) that that literally was my that's what i thought about i i would just think about things and how and problems and how to solve them and want to sort of create stuff Mm. and and that is just that that was way more innate than than anything else and and i so that it's tough to put an origin on that because i think it's just something Mm. that's always been there
0: yeah Mm. well hearing that now i mean the fact that you wanted to basically changed one thing into another that totally makes sense that now you've you've grown up and become a mud wizard
2: exactly yeah so i really i haven't given up on that i just i've I've made it a little bit more specific
0: yeah i mean you know that's you you have achieved a childhood dream
2: i love it absolutely
0: (laughs) <laughs> and, and feel free to use that illustration in your biography like 10 fifteen years from now <laughs> you know just a little citation for me that's all yep, I ask 100 you know? <laughs> when i've got
2: my adam when i've got my magic wand out there with uh, yeah. or Which when mean- i'm walking down the street like completely nothing is no
0: no 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 (laughs) well well thank you so much for for taking time out of your day and and talking with us and and sharing about your business and sharing your story we really appreciate it Uh, i'll make sure that i have links to uh, your, your social media pages as well as your your website where people can order directly off your website correct
2: absolutely yep and we run
0: specials all the time awesome so I'll have a link to that and uh, you know once again we wish you great success yes. going forward yes. especially with the new product and thank you this again
1: That's great we wish you all the
2: best thank you so much for having me
0: thank you again to our sponsor Fabian oil be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes and thank you for listening